0: A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady. Live, only on Netflix. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky?
1: Welcome, everybody, back to another edition of and I'm your host, Rattlesnake, coming at you live from Austin, Texas. This is your NASCAR podcast for Belly Up Sports. This week, I got Trey back on. Trey, why don't you give everybody a shout-out? How's it going, guys? Uh, Trey Farley over here from uh, Belly Up Racing. We're
2: going on Rattlesnake here every now and then. Yeah, Trey, what are your your social media um, accounts? Uh, pretty much <clears throat> everything's pretty generic. It's all just T underscore Farley underscore three, uh, or you can just search, you know, Trey Trey Farley, Terrence, whatever you want to search, you'll find me.
1: Okay, cool. So last week's episode, I was talking about um, the Truck Series Championship had just happened, and and I was recording it before the Xfinity race happened, the championship, and I was kind of making predictions on both races. So. This week, I wanted to go back, number one, and brag about my prediction about uh, Tyler Reddick winning the Xfinity race. What do you think of the Xfinity race, Trey? Uh,
2: I thought the Xfinity race was honestly probably the best race of the weekend, uh, just because of the outcome and everything. I think it overall is the best. Uh, but the racing was really good, too. I mean, Cole Custer dropped to the back of the field and fought his way all the way up. That's what you ask for in a championship race, especially when he's dueling with someone going for a two-time championship there.
1: Yeah, I would absolutely agree. I think that was the best race of the night, um, or the best race of the weekend. I think most people would agree. It was it was awesome. Uh, you know, obviously, I was right when I predicted Tyler Reddick, which <laughs> not come as a surprise to anyone. You're guy. Yep. Yeah, um, and I'm just a genius. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Tyler Reddick wins the championship, and obviously, it was a great race. And everyone kind of wants to see that package now. But I think the biggest story is those three guys now transitioning into the Cup series. What do you think about that?
2: Uh, I think it's going to be interesting just because, uh, you know, Christopher Bell was in the best equipment, honestly, the whole year, despite how he finished uh, in terms of Xfinity series. But now you're looking at where he's probably going to be the weakest or second weakest because Custer's going to have the best. And Reddick, it really depends on what we can see him get out of his children's cars. But, right. Uh, I, I think it's going to be the same thing as you see, as you saw, excuse me. And uh, the expanded series this year is going to be the rookie of the year battle. It's going to be just as tight and just
1: as interesting to watch. This year's rookie of the year battle was a complete joke, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Daniel Hemrick won the rookie of the year battle, and he lost his ride before he even got that award. So, and then last year it was William Byron and Bubba Wallace. It was terrible. So, yeah. 2020's rookie of the year battle is. Previously, I said it was going to be the biggest story of the year. Uh, obviously, I was wrong about that. But I'm just really excited to see these guys in the Cup Series because I think these are three very talented drivers that you know could be contenders pretty quickly in the Cup Series. Um, you know, we keep hearing about the young guns and the new class coming in and yada yada yada. I think we finally might see some of that. Uh, Chase Elliott and Ryan Blaney are really the only two right now that I think are really producing from the young gun. I mean, I, I don't know how long you've been watching NASCAR, but do you remember when, like, Kyle Larson and, you know, Joey Logano and Austin Dillon were the young guns?
2: Yeah, I mean, those were those were pretty hot times because that was back when Austin Dillon was, you know, super competitive, especially, you know, early on. Uh, and obviously, Joey Logano and his early years with Gibbs was kind of a, uh, hit or miss, but I think it was a sign of you know, what was to come, but then we kind of, like you said, missed out on in the last couple of years, that rookie of the year battle.
1: Right, exactly. So, like, I remember back when the young gun was a thing, and lately it just seems to be meaningless. I mean, the last three championship fours have been Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex Jr., and one other. So I'm just really excited to see this youth come into the Cup Series. Uh, who do you think will be the rookie of the year that year? And obviously it's a ways out, and it depends on how they're going to do. But what do you think?
2: I'm going to say, uh, <clears throat> even though, like I said, the equipment is going to be the real question. But after seeing what uh, Matty D did there with Levine Family Racing, I think Christopher Bell is going to get it. Um, I just feel like he probably has the, uh, the most talent across all tracks. Uh, he's consistent everywhere he goes, so I think that's gonna transfer into the cup series very, very easily. But uh, like I said it really depends on the equipment, but that's probably that
1: would probably be my pick for next year. All right, well, it uh, should come as no surprise here, but I'm gonna go with <laughs> Tyler Reddick. Wow. Surprise. Uh, I, <laughs> shot. I think I think the guy's a champion. I think he's a champion. He just he knows when he's gonna fight for that win. Uh, when the championship is on the line. I mean, he's back-to-back Xfinity Series champions, um, and he earned it uh, definitely this year. There's no argument there. And uh, in 2019, so this season, in the Cup Series, he had two Cup Series starts, and one of those starts, it it was a DNF in Daytona. So, you know, what are you going to do? with Daytona. Right, right, exactly. And then he got a top-ten finish. One of the few top 10 finishes I feel like RCR has actually gotten in 2019 <laughs> out of two starts. So, uh, I mean, the RCR equipment definitely is not there, but even with the equipment, the guy managed to get a top 10 finish, so I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick.
2: Solid choice. I mean, I, I would think that would probably be my second pick. I don't think Custer's going to get it. I don't think he'll be able to get right into it like that.
1: Yeah, unfortunately for Custer, but... I mean, I would say he's got the best equipment. Would you not? Oh, yeah.
2: I would agree with that 100%. I just don't know if he'll make the most of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, i say it's the best equipment, but at the same time, Daniel Suarez is never going to win, so who knows? We Uh, we don't know what that car is capable of. Yeah, exactly. Who knows at this point? Uh, So sticking with championship weekend talk, Kyle Busch got his second championship. I hear the sod. Yeah, not a not a big Kyle Busch guy at all. So I know you made a video about this uh, over at Burnt Rubber Racing Network on YouTube, but um, what do you what do you have to say about Kyle Busch winning his second championship? Uh,
0: I'm
2: not I'm not super happy about it. Uh, I really wanted to see Denny get his first, but deep in my heart, I'm a Truex guy. So seeing him come up second again, like it was heartbreaking. Uh, but I've learned to love Kyle Kyle Busch little by little. I do see the Arnhardt comparison that people make, so uh, I'll respect it, but I don't like it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think um, the two drivers, I picked Denny Hamlin to win uh, just because I felt like it was his season, which is just, I mean, so heartbreaking. The guy still, I don't know if he'll ever win a championship at this point, but yeah, I picked Denny Hamlin. I thought he deserved it the most, and then after that I would have wanted to see Truex uh, so, I 100% agree with you. The only positive I can say, the only silver lining here, is at least it's not Kevin Harvick. I know I'm probably the only person that thinks this, but I hate Kevin Harvick more than Kyle Bush. I, I mean, I just despise everything about Kevin Harvick. I think he's a snake. I think he, he he's a punk. I think he's a phony. Anyway, I agree. I definitely did not want to see Kyle Bush win his second championship. Um Seems like a douchey guy. But I will (laughs) say this. I will say this. Kyle Busch is the new Jimmy Johnson in a way. And I know plenty of people will probably get pissed about that. But the fact of the matter is Kyle Busch is the best driver right now in NASCAR. And at what point do you stop rooting against him and start saying, let's see what this guy can do? Maybe he will become one of the greatest of all time. I mean, do you get that feeling at all or is that just me? Yeah,
2: I think it's – I mean, obviously he doesn't have the image that uh, Jeff Gordon did, but I think it's kind of the same deal. You know, Kyle Busch came in as a young guy and was beating everybody, regardless of who it was, and he would, didn't give a shit to just knock you out of the way. You know, Kyle Busch is a take none, give none kind of guy. You know, he's uh, matured a lot though, so I think that's where I respect him a lot more because now you see Father Bush, you know, with his son Brexton. Uh, so I think we are seeing a different side of him, like you said.
1: Yeah, I mean, personality-wise, I, I think Kyle Busch is, you know – Easily one of the worst people in NASCAR. <laughs> yeah. um, he's just a stick in the mud. He's just not the type of person that I want to see be a champion. But at this point in time, he seems like the only guy that is a champion, truly. And a good example of this, um, when I was talking to Amber from Racing Wise, did you ever watch that show?
2: Um, I think I watched an episode after uh, you did the podcast with her, but that's, I think that's not one I've ever seen, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, that's okay. I mean, I don't know if you have a girlfriend, probably not based on how you look, <laughs> but maybe she watched it. Uh but there was a scene where Amber is in a bar at this like you know, event and she's quote unquote taking a shot um with Whitney Dillon and apparently it ended up just being wine. It wasn't even liquor. And Kyle Bush goes to his wife Samantha Samantha gets Amber, you know, on the team. Kyle Bush is like your girl's over there taking shots and just like snitches on her and then gets angry at her for taking shots apparently at an event. And I was like, you know, and this is a black tie type event. And I'm like, dude, Kyle Bush is the biggest pussy on earth. Like I could kick his ass. <laughs> no, no question of mine. in my in in my mind, I could kick this dude's ass. He's just a bitch. I don't like. It. Like that's the type of kid. He seems like a little snitch seems like the person that won't, you know, drink with you. So I don't want this guy to be my champion. I'm the last person on earth that wants that guy to be my champion. But I guess my point is, at this point in time, product on the track, on the track alone, not personality, he seems like the only champion to me.
2: Yeah, I think you're 100% right with that. I mean, no one else has really stepped up to the plate as much. Like, Like I said, Truex has came up second, but he's probably the closest one, and he's more in the twilight years than Bush is.
1: Yeah, not to mention, I mean, what does that guy even sound like? Because I wouldn't know. You know, the guy, he's, he's so polite. He doesn't talk to the media. He's just like in the background. If that guy's our champion for NASCAR, nobody cares. <laughs> like, honestly, Joey Logano, I would put at number two. You know, just because he's kind of, he's a personality. He's an asshole. He gets people talking. He's younger. He's the future. guy like Martin Truex Jr., who's clearly been crushing it. I, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but outside of NASCAR, he's a nobody.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'd agree.
1: Ask anybody that doesn't watch an NASCAR who Martin Truex Jr. is, and they'll say they have no clue who you're talking about. You ask him who Kyle Busch is or Joey Logano is, more likely they'll know. Um, so it's unfortunate that Kyle Busch won his second championship. But I guess my, my original question was, like, at what point do you just kind of start, like, sit, stop hating, sit back, and appreciate what he's do- doing and see if he can – somehow make his own little legacy because I don't think anybody's going to get seven championships again in the sport of NASCAR. I mean, what do you think?
2: Uh, With the playoff system, honestly, I think it's more possible now, whereas it was a little more open uh, when the other guys were doing it. Now, you know, it's constricted to those four people. So there's that guaranteed door that if you can just win once each round, you'll make it. So if you're a championship driver, it, it shouldn't be impossible for you to win your way through the rounds or at least finish high enough to get your points through it um, but yeah I, I don't think that anyone will uh, and I think like you said though uh, Kyle Bush is someone you're going to to sit back and admire because I didn't do that with Jimmy Johnson and now that you know he's in at the end of his career I'm seeing where I made my mistake and I don't want to do the same thing with Kyle Bush because he is a great on-track talent so uh, yeah I'll, I'll show respect but I don't like him. <laughs>
1: So I 100% disagree with that take. I think it's much harder to win a championship now. Really? Okay. I, yeah, I, I'll, yeah. hear it. I'll hear it. Because it comes down to one race at the end of the day, honestly. This should have, I, in my opinion, looking back, like who had the most wins this season?
2: Uh, Truex, I believe, had eight, seven, or eight.
1: All right, so Martin Truex Jr. had the most wins, right? I believe so. I just feel like, you know, what, last year, how many wins did Joey Logano have last year? Oh, gosh. Uh, like three, four? My point is, it's all just, like, how you play the system now. Yeah. You can win a championship without getting a single win, but it's all about how you play the system. The guy that has the most wins overall, like, could end up not even in the championship four, like, in the regular season. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, but I'm just thinking of the way NASCAR is heading. Like you said, the younger guys that are there now are kind of going to work their way in. Uh, look at someone like William Byron, who has a crew chief right now. Maybe not down the line. He'll have Chad Knaus on the top of his pit box. But Chad Knaus is a championship crew chief and knows how to work the system because he's worked through several, a couple of them with uh, Jimmy.
1: Arguably but, the best ever.
2: 100%. So, you know, someone who's young like Byron, who's already been in the playoffs and still at the very, very beginning of his career, he's going to grow up through that. So I think he may be someone you could watch kind of master it and, Maybe be another Jimmy Johnson, especially since he's with Hendricks.
1: Yeah, but why haven't we seen it yet? Why haven't we seen him get a single win yet? If, you know, he he is going to be a good, talented driver.
2: It's kind of hard to say, but I feel like uh, just because, like we said, the Gibbs cars have dominated all year. Uh, Harvick was always up there. It just seemed like it was the same crowd. And Byron was in that, but he was always kind of in the tail end of the top ten. You know, he would finish in the teens and 20s a lot still, but he was always a threat to get like a seventh or eighth. So with a little bit of maturity I could see his you know average finish going up like it has and maybe you know getting him into that role further down the
1: line. I mean Jimmy Johnson by his second or well, it was his first full time season, he had three wins. His yeah. second full time season, he had three wins. His third full time season he had eight wins. Like we don't see that anymore. So what I'm saying is I think it's harder to win now than it used to be.
2: I would agree with that just because they went to such great lengths to make it more competitive racing, so you don't see that kind of domination anymore.
1: And that's why I don't think we'll ever see a seven-time champion ever again. I can see it.
2: I understand what you're saying.
1: Yeah, and I mean, not to mention, it just seems like you never see the young guys win. You know, we'll see Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, and then, like, maybe Alex Bowman sneak his way in there. Other than that, look look at every single week. For the past three years, who has won? Danny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr., uh, Kyle Busch, you know, Brad Kozlowski, um, Joey Logano. It's the same guys every single week.
2: Yeah, it's pretty dry in terms of, you know, who your winners are in the diversity in victory
1: lane there. Yeah, it's extremely dry. So I mean, they're going to change something. So I'm hoping this young class can figure it out quickly and we start to get some diversity, especially some youth in there. I feel like people were, you know, a little hesitant about the quote-unquote young guns coming into the sport. But at this point, I feel like even, like, these boomers would like to see some young guns start to win, you know?
2: I would hope so, but I think, as shitty as it sounds here, you're going to see the same thing again in five or six years when you're going to see Logano, Elliott, Blaney, and another. Like, who says it's not going to be the same deal, just
1: three different guys? Well, they got to figure something out, then, is my point.
2: Yeah, I mean, I it what you're used saying.
1: To not, I feel like it used to not be like that. You could be a fan of a guy that would get, like, one or two wins a season. And now it just seems unrealistic for that to ever happen.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying there.
1: All right, so, Kyle Bush, he's our champion, whether we like it or not. We don't. Uh, <laughs> so, looking ahead to 2020, I know we were just talking about the – you know, the Xfinity drivers that are coming up to the Cup Series, and how I think everybody's pretty excited about that. And how I said previously, I thought that was going to be the biggest storyline of the season. Well, not so fast. Now, Jimmy Johnson is retiring in 2020. So, number one, everyone's talking about that. But it didn't take long for people to switch gears and start talking about who's replacing Jimmy Johnson. So what are some of your thoughts on this?
2: Uh, Honestly, I just don't see anyone in the Chevy camp that really uh, would fit there. Uh, Jimmy Johnson being a seven-time champion, those are big shoes to fill. And when you look at the Xfinity Series, I'm not sure there's a Chevy driver that could step into Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, I'm not exactly sure who he has developing down there or who Chevy has developing 100%. But uh, it's pretty much been Ford and Toyota, uh, and in all regards, across all series for the most part. You know, Chevy's kind of been slacking here recently. I know you're a Chevy guy, but, uh, yeah, I just – I can't see anyone in there particularly right now. I'd have to think about it and, you know, kind of wait and see what everyone else is talking.
1: So you're saying you wouldn't take anybody else that's not Chevy?
2: I just, I just can't see anyone going into it, into it that way. But if I did, it would probably be uh, Chase Briscoe because it kind of seems like he doesn't have a, NAS- a Cup Series home yet. Uh, but I'm just not sure if he would fit there because he, he is a Ford development driver. So I'm not sure if they'd let him go.
1: Also, maybe you can help me out with this. I was making a YouTube video that, that by the time this podcast is released, uh, that's going to be uploaded. And I was kind of going through this list of names of drivers that people have been talking about as to who's going to you know, replace Jim Johnson. And, you know, Briscoe was mentioned. Uh, Gregson was mentioned. And I'm kind of, you know, I'm looking through their stats. Why are people bringing their
2: names up? I, I honestly have no clue. Uh, I mean, Briscoe's kind of turned it on here this year. but uh, well, just He got one hit, win. Yeah, he got a win finally. But uh, just hit me someone in the Cup Series as a Chevy driver that, again, he doesn't have a win either, but a lot of people put a good bit of faith in him because of how clean he keeps the car. Is Landon Castle in the double uh, zero, he's actually a Chevy driver. So yeah, maybe, even maybe
1: Landon Castle. My whole thing is, With these Xfinity drivers, these young Xfinity drivers that people are bringing up, the best – are you a basketball fan? Uh, Yes, somewhat.
2: I haven't kept up recently because NBA is kind of whatever, but college for sure. I've kept up with it. Okay.
1: The best way I could describe this was like if you wanted a young up-and-coming Xfinity driver, you are too fucking late. Like that's the best way I can put it. You just missed out. The three clearly best drivers for the past couple years – uh, in Xfinity, are now taken, and the way I described it is it, it was like the t- 2003 NBA draft was like LeBron and everybody compared to 2004 with nobody in it, and that's like kind of how I was explaining. It's like you've missed out if you're looking, because I just, let's say like Gregson and Briscoe, like those guys combined have one Xfinity win um, last year, and so what when they're racing against competition that's already going to have one solid year in the Cup Series, you know they clearly can't beat. I don't know, it just doesn't make sense to me.
2: Uh, I I can't see it either. Like I said, no young drivers are popping out to me. Maybe there's a couple guys in trucks that in the next few years could. So maybe if they could do some kind of couple-year deal with someone who's already in the Cup Series to kind of get them by as much. as I hate to say that Hendrick would ever do that. I don't think he would. But if he was to do that, maybe in a few years you'd have a solid prospect. But like you said, the
1: cream of the crop's been picked, so there's not a whole lot left for everyone else to scrounge up right now. That's my thing. I'm looking at these young guys, and I'm saying three years more you know, more likely. You're going to have another top talent. Yeah. Uh, but after one season, you kind of missed the boat on the Xfinity drivers, in my opinion. Everybody made their move this season. Shit. You know, RCR dropped the guy that they pick, just picked up just to make sure that they made their move this season. Because everybody was making their moves. The three best are gone. So I'm looking at the field and I'm trying to figure out who could fit there. The only other thing to me that seems likely is, you know, number one, Daniel Hemrick. Here's the thing about Hemrick though. Hemrick has to have a just Stand out the best season he's ever had in the Xfinity Series. Um, the guy, you know, has been driving Chevys and he's been in the Cup Series. And although he didn't do well, he has the experience now of a full season in the Cup Series. You could also argue that the equipment was really bad. He was in. He would need to have like at least three wins in the Xfinity Series. He he would need to compete in the Xfinity Series to even be considered. What do you think of that? Uh, I
2: agree. Just because, like you, like you said, you're mentioning basketball earlier, so I'm gonna make a baseball reference here. You know, it's like when you got those AAA prospects. You know, like they're almost ready for the majors, and they get called up for a month, and they go one for twelve or whatever in three games, and they get sent back down. You know, like they they have the talent clearly, but they just haven't been able to make it work on in the, on the field or on the track. In this case, uh, with Hemrick, you know, he's obviously shown the talent. or Someone like Richard Childers is not gonna put any time and effort into him, but It just shows how good Tyler Reddick is because that's how quick they were able to drop Henrik. So I guess it depends, like you said, on how he falls on his feet at uh, Junior Motorsports. If he can get somewhere, like you said, three wins or even just two and uh, make a Champ 4 appearance, you could argue he has another shot in the Cup Series given to him. But I I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what he's able to do in that series because
1: that's kind of what decides if you make it to Cup or not, honestly. Right. And at this point, I'm looking at all those Xfinity drivers, the young up-and-comers, and I'm looking at them at the same kind of playing field as Daniel Hemrick. Like, they all need to win a lot here to prove that they deserve a ride like that. But the one thing with Hemrick is he had he drove a full season in the Cup Series. Like, he has that experience over those other guys that have not done that. Um, another guy, though, that comes to mind is Daniel Suarez. Similar yeah. situation. Daniel Suarez seems like he would be the most talented, the most, you know, the best option. And I mentioned this in the YouTube video. Uh, I know he talked about how uh, sponsor dollars is going to be – it was a problem for him, finding the money. I don't see so, that, though, with his thank personality. You, thank you. He's the only Mexican driver in all of NASCAR. He's marketable, right? And you know, and he's a else? fun guy. And you know who else has complained about finding sponsorship dollars? Bubba Wallace and Haley Deegan. Those are the three most marketable drivers in racing right yeah. now. Like, I don't know if they're complaining about it. Think about how much worse it is for everybody else. So I, I, I'm i not thinking sponsor dollars is going to be a problem for Daniels Forrest. Honestly, I know he complained about it, but I really don't see that as a problem. What I see as a problem is he was in really good equipment and never got a single win. would something be different on a different team, you know? That's what I kind of said. Yeah, Hendrick's a great team to be on. So, like, would something change? And it goes back to what I just said about Hendrick. Let's see. If Daniel Suarez goes back down to Xfinity, tears it up, if I'm Hendrick, that's my number one guy I'm looking at.
2: I would agree with you there. Um, Just because, uh, you know, Rick Hendrick, he's looking for a championship-caliber driver. And Dano Suarez has that talent, obviously, to maybe get to that level. But if you look at Stuart Haas racing, you have Eric Almorola, Kevin Harvick, and Clint Boyer. Where does Dano Suarez fit there? I mean, really. But when you go towards Hendrick
1: Motorsports, there's just this huge
0: Not to mention
1: aspect. Not to mention nobody on that team did well except Kevin Harvick this year.
2: Yeah, I mean Almarola kind of finished up there a few times, you know, competed for a win there at Talladega. Um I believe it's Talladega or, or um, one of his races there in the playoffs. But other than that, Clint Boyer just made the playoffs again by the hair of his nuts, excuse me. But I, I don't, I just don't see where Suarez could have had any different luck than the other two, besides Harvick.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I you know, and it was a good ride, no doubt. The forty-one's a good ride, and I. But I don't know this season. I feel like that 41, that whole team went from, you know, the second best team in NASCAR to fourth. You know, like, I don't know. I just feel like it, it wasn't as good as we all kind of hyped it up to be. Um, you know, that team really didn't do as much as people were kind of hyping up. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe Torres does deserve another shot. And the funny thing about that is before the season started on my show, I think it was – I'm pretty sure it was with Eric Esep on on the show. Uh, He was talking to me about Suarez, and I was just like, man, who is Suarez anyway? Like, this guy, everybody talks about him. He's got his name out there. What the hell has he done? He's never even got a single win. And he still hasn't got a win, but all of a sudden, I'm, like, more sympathetic towards him. I don't know why, but I'm a little more sympathetic, and I'm saying he would be my number one pick right now for that open seat. I don't know who else. I don't know. It's, it's I'm racking my brain right now thinking, am I missing somebody? They just did it at the right time
2: to where you know Jimmy's going to be able to do his farewell tour, but who the hell knows who's going to end up in that seat. Like you said, Suarez seems like a good option, but what if someone else picks him up? I mean, front row still has to fill a couple seats there, so there's always a possibility he ends up there, even though I think that's a
1: downgrade, but I, I can't think oh, of anybody yeah. else. I mean, he'll never finish in the top 20 again. But he won yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, Daytona maybe. Um, I've seen today on Twitter, Greg Biffle tweeted that he's excited about 2020. Did you see that?
2: Yeah, and I, I think that a lot of people are reading a little
1: further into that than it probably means. Okay, thank you. That's exactly what I said on the U- the YouTube video, because my main thing is number one, uh, if You know, if Hendrick's getting another driver, they're not going to replace Jimmy Johnson with a driver even older than Jimmy Johnson. And number two, he said he's excited about 2020. Jimmy Johnson's still driving in 2020. So, like, what would that even mean? Yeah. (laughs) So I was so confused about that, like why people were getting excited.
2: And, I mean, the obvious thing there is he did a truck race this year and won it. Wouldn't that be what he's coming back for?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, or maybe he's just doing those one-off, you know, Daytona 500, Talladega, you know, some some one-off race that some small team kind of put together to get him. Maybe he's going to be in the booth. Maybe, you know, I don't know. It it could be anything.
2: Other Um, logical options.
1: (laughs) So many other logical options. It could be the Rolex 24. I don't know. That'd be anything. Right. It could be anything else. I think him getting in the 48 is the last possible The least logical uh, option of all of those things. So, personally, I'm going to go with Suarez at the moment. But, like you said, everything and anything could change uh, between then and now. Um, Regardless, that's the biggest story of the season, before the season even started. Jimmy Johnson went from easily one of the most hated drivers in NASCAR to easily the most loved and it's going to be funny watching the 2020 season roll around. And people, like, actively want him to win again before he retires. And then the the Jimmy Johnson haters that are kind of, like, they're going to be conflicted because they're not going to want him to win, but they're like, oh, but, like, good for him. Like, I hope he does well, but, like, fuck him also. Like, I hope he doesn't win. Uh, where do you sit on this?
2: I said exactly where you're just talking. Uh, I, I hope he wins just because it's his last season, but honestly, fuck him. Uh, but I did was reading today, looking at the wins list uh, on NASCAR.com, and if he gets three wins this season, he'll surpass Cale Yarbrough, who he's tied with, and Daryl Waltrip. Mm-hmm. I would like to see that just for the historical aspect because really, realis- realistically he can move up three spots. Uh, but statist- the way he's been racing, I don't see it happening. He's never going to touch Gordon, obviously, but I think he can get a little bit closer, which would be cool. But uh, as a Gordon fan... I take pride in the fact that he'll never touch those numbers. So, you know, Rainbow Warriors for life.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing, too. Like, if you're a Jeff Gordon fan, and that's kind of what I, I was talking about in in my YouTube video. I was saying if you hate Jimmy Johnson because you're a fan of a retired NASCAR driver, right, that you you've kind of had to suffer through those last couple of years of your driver, you know, whether it's, like, Matt Kenseth or, you know, Jeff Gordon, um, you know, there's plenty of drivers – Yeah, exactly. There's plenty of drivers in that era that had to suffer from this young Jimmy Johnson. I understand the hatred there. But at the same time, I understand those guys being like, you know, fuck it, my driver's retired, like, whatever, this guy's going to retire now too. Um, We'll just leave it alone. So it's definitely going to be interesting. I'd like, I mean, I don't think he'll get another win, which is sad.
2: I think he Uh, gets one.
1: I don't think so. I mean, at, at what point this season did it look like he was a guy that could, was going to win a race?
2: Um,
1: don't say the clash. Or I was going to say the clash. Stop it.
2: <laughs> I mean, honestly, that was the only point in the year where it really looked like Jimmy Johnson was going to be you know, the top dog at any racetrack. He was going to be in the top 10 because, well, he's fucking Jimmy Johnson, and he races for Andrew Motorsports, one of the top teams of all time. But... He never looked like he was going to be a race winner, let alone a champion again.
1: Right. And it's just kind of sad. I mean, honestly, you can hate the guy you want, but it's kind of sad. Like, for um, what he is now, I he is not competition for anybody serious. I don't think he'll even get a single win. Um, but, but, there's a huge but, and it's completely hypothetical. It's almost like me saying, like, you know, what if I was actually able to fly – instead of have to take an airplane. Like, how great would that be, right?
2: Yeah. So,
1: as hypothetical and as extreme as that, uh, how crazy would it be if Jimmy Johnson won a championship in 2020?
2: It would be
1: absolutely batshit. He <laughs> would that's na- the short part. <laughs> he would now hold the record for the most championships in NASCAR history.
2: Yeah, and I would absolutely despise that with all of my being, because although I was a Gordon <laughs> fan, dude, Dale Earnhardt's the man. Like where I'm from, Dale Earnhardt is basically second Jesus. So I don't want to see that record broken. The fact he's tied with them already is bad enough. But no, he's not going to get eight. I will personally see to that. <laughs> You'll
1: personally see to <laughs> it. I'll go down and slice his tires on pit road, man. I, I just don't want to see it. You know what? And for you to say something like that, there are so many insane Dale fans out there. Um, oh yeah, I'm that, mild. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be wild uh, to see, you know, the bomb threats that would occur in the championship (laughs) race for that. Uh, No, it will be kind of cool, though, that he's retiring and ending his career, and we still have a three-way You know, it's like nobody can get to that that next level. Um, And I don't know if it will ever happen, honestly. I don't know if we'll ever see another seven-time champion. I don't think it's going to be Kyle Busch.
2: No, I think he's too late into his career. He should have won three or four already, like he said in his post-race interview.
1: Exactly. This should have been his fourth. If, if he was going to be up there with them, this should have been his fourth, in my opinion. Uh, it's too late. He's on his second, you know? I mean, that's, that's crazy. So what, he needs six more to beat anybody? Five more just to tie it? Yeah, but if
2: you look at everyone who's won seven championships, all three guys, Jimmy Johnson won five in a row. Richard Petty was one year away from winning five in a row. And Dale Earnhardt Sr. was one year away. 1992, Alan Kulwicki, that's my favorite championship, was the year he missed to go five in a row. So you have to have that consistency to get to seven, obviously. And I just don't see Kyle Busch rattling that off at this point in his career. Yeah, and how many seasons has he been racing now? Third. I mean, just a couple years less than Johnson. So, what, Johnson's been 18, I think? 18, 19, so I think 13, 14. Years. Yeah. Bush has been in
1: there. And Jimmy won his first championship, what, like five seasons in? Uh, 03, I believe it was. No, I think it was 0- 06, I believe.
2: 06? I didn't realize it was that late. But, yeah, so five years into his career at that point, yeah.
1: I think it was 06. And then that's when he went five in a row, you know. Yeah. But that's still early enough in his career to win five. Yeah, it would have been 2006. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. <laughs> My point, my point is like, um, this should have been after his five in a row. You know what I mean? Yep. Or finishing up his five in a row. Like he's he's too old now, too late. In, not too old necessarily, but too late into his career for this to only be a second.
2: Yeah, especially with the family aspect in his in his life now. Uh, just you don't have that competitive drive as much. Like as much as it sounds crazy off the track, you know your life's settled for the most part. So on the track, you don't feel as compelled to go out there every day and dominate, even though he does and he has the attitude. It's just not the same as Kyle Busch ten years ago. Yeah,
1: and like his wife's famous now, and like it's just different.
2: Yeah, he's obviously more tired because he's going all over the place for interviews for himself, his wife, and everything in between.
1: Yeah, yeah, I just don't see it. I, I yeah. really don't. I think he'll get one more, and that's it. I think he'll finish. I think he'll finish at three championships, which is still respectable. No doubt. But, no, he'll he'll never be up on that list. You know, who has three? What? Uh, Yarborough Pearson. Yeah, Yarbrough. Daryl Waltrip. Tony Stewart. Uh, Lee Petty. So, yeah. I mean, he's going to be in a great class. I mean, even at two, he's already in a great class.
2: I think you know? less than 20 people have won multiple championships.
1: Right. So, I think he could reach three. And if he does, that's legendary. You know, he's going down in history. But... No, he's never he's never gonna reach Jimmy Johnson. So that's that's what we're looking at for 2020. Um, if you had to make a prediction right now, and it can't be, you know what? No, I won't put restrictions on. It. Who's yeah, winning? Put a 2020? restriction on it. Put a restriction on it real quick. Let's let's play that way. All right. Well, you know what? No restriction. Who's winning? 2020. Oh, and then we'll do the restriction. Okay.
2: Well, my answer is probably going to be the same, uh, but I'm going to go with uh, YRB. You know, Ryan Blaney, I feel like the way he competed this year, finishing third at Phoenix and uh, seventh overall in the points at the end of the day, and he was in the top five there at Homestead. So uh, I just feel like Ryan Blaney's going to get it together for, for the one championship, you know. Uh, if he wins more after that, who knows, but that'd be my crazy-ass early 2020 prediction.
1: That'd be great. I but there's it. no restrictions. That's who you honestly feel is going to be the champion. Um, If you're to put
2: money down right now. That's probably not realistically. If you're going to tell me to put money down on it, yeah. I, I'm not a gambling man. But if I'm putting money
1: down on it, I'm betting Truex. Because okay. I figure
2: restrictions would be you know, someone good. we haven't talked about or someone who wasn't competing this year.
1: No, restrictions. So, yeah, I'll, I'm going to pick Kyle Bush because, like I said, I think he's going to hit three. I think he's going to repeat, get three, and then he's not going to get another one. Um, and, or, unfortunately, hopefully not Kevin Harvick, but the guy's hit it so many times, it seems like he's bound to get one. Uh, restrictions, I was just going to say, you can't pick Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex Jr., or Kyle Busch, because those three have been in the last three seasons. Um, Okay. Anyone else is open, so is that when you would pick Blaney, I guess? Um...
2: No, just because I, I guess that was more of you know my the answer from my heart there. You know, I was giving you my heart and soul, but uh, realistically, like I said Martin Truex Jr. is probably going to be the top contender, but with that restriction on it, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and go that's with uh, Logano. I'm gonna say Logano.
1: Yeah, that's I mean that's a fair pick. The only reason I didn't put like Logano in there was because he wasn't part of that that group of three that's been in, in you know the championship for the last three seasons. Um, Logano is definitely a solid pick. I'm going to go chase Elliott. Ooh. Yep. It's about time. It's about time. And, uh, I don't think he's going to do it. It's, it's his time. He's going to, if he's going to be one of the, a young gun champion, I think next season he's got to at least be in the championship four.
2: I think that is completely possible by all means. Uh, but he's, like you say he's got to win a championship sometime in the next couple years at least. 2020 seems pretty realistic, but, you know, Bill only won, what, two championships? Yeah. Two? Yeah, so, you know, Chase, obviously, I don't want to say it's a low mark, but he only has to win two to tie his dad, and I can see him easily doing that. But like you say, he's got to hop on it right now because he's got, what, seven wins now in the last three years. That's what I'm saying.
1: He's got to do it. He's on a good team, not to mention, I don't want to sound – don't know, I don't want to sound crazy, but like, the expectations for Chase Elliott might be higher than it was for his dad, and here's why, we need a young champion, and it's weird that I don't really consider Joey Logano a young champion anymore, I don't know why I don't, but he's just like not, I guess because he's been in the league for so long, but um, we need somebody, you know, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Alex Bowman, you know, that group, of young guys.
2: Bowman's not getting it though.
1: No, he's not. But you you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, an up and comer, um, to really show like we have a next champion here, like somebody that's going to kind of take over the reins. And it seems like that's going to be Chase Elliott. So oddly enough, I, I think that the expectations for Chase are higher than they were for his dad. Like, I think he needs to win at least two. I agree there, but he needs to start winning them soon.
2: Yeah, 100%, which I, I did look it up there while you were talking. Bill actually only won one championship, so two would you know beat his dad. But I think he has to go beyond two because the expectation was set so high, regardless of the fact that Bill only won one championship. He was the fastest man in NASCAR. He was the most popular driver, and he was very, very marketable. I mean, McDonald's and Coca-Cola were two of his biggest sponsors. I mean, come on, that's two of the biggest companies in the world. So, Chase has to reach that level. I mean, Bill Elliott was the perfect man for NASCAR, and that's a big, big mold. Yeah.
1: yeah, and um, I think I think Chase could get by with two championships, but he's going to need to hit the championship for a lot. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like a Kyle Bush, where, like, yeah, he's got two championships, so look how many fucking times he's been competing <laughs> for it. Yeah. You know, it's like it, 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 the two doesn't really do justice. I think Chase but, is going to have to fill that role of, like, he's in the championship competing every single year. But does, does that devalue it more?
2: Because, you know, looking percentage-wise, if you're only winning two in a 20-year career, is that does that
1: devalue it more than if he wins one here, one another four so. years, then after? I don't think so with the way the system's set up. Because if you're in the four, it all comes down to that one last race, um, you know, which is definitely important. And, it you know, it means a lot. But kind of like baseball, you know, one game doesn't mean much you need a whole series to really represent you know so in my opinion if you're in, just in the championship four you're like at that level like I'm gonna look back and be like here's the guys that were always in the championship four they were at that level you know
2: yeah I was just thinking more in relation to you know like when people make the argument between Jordan and LeBron well Jordan never lost in the finals you know that kind of deal where like how many times you make team. it and how many
1: times you win yeah the clutch gene yeah yeah so. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's just like, it, I don't know, it's a little different when you're driving cars rather yeah, than pure athleticism. You know, stuff can go wrong, and that's kind of why I'm like a little weary about the like, it all comes down to this last race. It's like, yeah, but and in, in, when you're driving a car on a track and you can't just rely on pure athleticism, it's a little, little bit different.
2: Yeah, and I see what they're going for with – I mean, they want the 1992 championship again where there were six drivers mathematically possible to to compete for the championships. They
1: want that level,
2: but they're not getting it in the same regard.
1: No, because you can't, like, manufacture that. It's just they're going to do their best they can. And, look, I can make a whole other podcast episode about the problems with the playoff system. Yeah. So um, let's see. You picked – who would you pick? Truex? Yeah, Truex, and then, then Logano, And then your your restrictor plate pick, Um, that's what I'm calling it, Logano. I picked Bush and Chase Elliott. Wild card. Guy we haven't even talked about. And let's just say he's going to make the championship four. Doesn't even have to win, but, like, sneaks his way into the championship four. Complete wild card. What do you got?
2: Complete wild card getting the champ four. Nobody's <laughs> talking about him. Yeah, um... I feel like I should know here talking about but uh I, the only name coming to me, this may be kinda crazy, but just because of the ride he's in and the guy he is, I'm going with Matty D and the Wood
1: Brothers. Wild card pick. Wait. Wait, you you went out that whole time. You oh, gotta reset re- him. Okay. <clears throat> um
2: looking at it, I'm probably gonna go since like I said, the guy who has good equipment now and is a great guy, you know, solid for NASCAR and he's a like I said, he's a great driver, but is probably Matty D with the Wood Brothers making it as a wild card pick just because of the simple fact he's got top five finishes here this year with uh, Levine Family Racing, which is significant, I wouldn't say significantly, but lesser equipment in a way. And being back in a Ford, which is what he came up in, I think that that would be somewhat realistic, but definitely a wild card pick would be uh, Matty D.
1: Interesting.
2: That's pretty cool. I didn't think about that. But I have no idea who you'd be thinking of. You talk like it's so easy to think of, but that was the only name coming oh, to me.
1: Oh, no. I, I, no. I have no idea who I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. uh, I was hoping that you were going to have a really good answer, and yours actually wasn't bad. Um, complete wild card. No, no one's talking about – The only – I mean, Eric Amarola. Wow. I mean, that's a good one, but I probably went with Boyer before Almirola. You know what sucks is that was the other name I was going to (laughs) say. The only reason I went with Almirola is just because of his consistency. And he's the type of guy that's consistent, um, doesn't necessarily win a lot, but he's consistent. So I could see him kind of playing the point system and then winning at the last second when he needs to get into the championship four.
2: Okay, well, let me give you another one here, though.
1: Okay. Ryan Newman. I know. How do you feel about that? That was another name that popped in my head, but I think Al is more competitive than Newman. I think Newman's way overhyped. Newman's I, I, I would just, agree. Newman just plays good defense, and and honestly, everyone's like, oh, well, that's Ryan Newman. You can try to get past him. He won't let you pass. My thing is, like, no, Newman's a fucking asshole, dude. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't let people pass that he should let pass. Like, I don't like Ryan Newman. For whatever reason, I think even when he was with RCR, I never really liked him. He, like, I don't like his attitude. I don't like the way he drives on the track. He's like a little don't let you pass thing. Like, I don't know. I think he's just an asshole. Like, how come nobody just calls him as they sees him? I mean, people do, but at the same time, that's – Kyle Busch
2: kind of says it sometimes. That's just how you're supposed to race, you know. Like, you're not going to let other people buy you. I understand, like, lap if he's a lap car or whatever, but at least with Newman, you know, you know driving behind that man, no matter what you do, no matter what position you are in compared to him, you're
1: not getting past him. At least it's consistent, so you don't have to guess. I guess that probably makes it yeah, a little easier to plan. The fact the fact that the only reason anybody talks about Newman's driving style is not letting someone pass means that he's never the one passing.
2: Y- yes and no, just because if you look at his average finish, and, I mean, he took the six car up from where it was at previously the last few years, but I think that's how it's been his whole career. He's always kind of flown under the radar. Early on, he was winning a lot of races. Even recently, you know, the six car hasn't been com- Competing for championships, whereas Ryan Newman, I believe, it was three years ago at ISM, put Kyle Larson into the wall so he could get that one spot to make the championship. But that's how Newman's been his whole career is that kind of guy. So, here's I mean, thing. it's a wild if you
0: card.
1: At, if you look at Newman when he was at RCR, Austin Dillon had better average finishes, more you know wins, more top tens than Ryan Newman in equal equipment at RCR. And then people are like, "Oh well, you know, he's taking the six car," but. I mean, how do we know the six car wasn't always pretty good? It just had Trevor Bain behind it. I
2: know that's hard because Trevor Bain was supposed to be one of the you know, like the next big thing for Ford. I know, and
1: he was terrible. But prior to that, they had Matt Kenseth, who was incredible. So, like, maybe Trevor Bain was just the problem the whole time, and the six is really not that bad. Maybe, but at the same time, you also
2: got to consider how toxic Newman's relationship at RCR ended up, you know. And that was towards the end of the years at RCR that he made a deep playoff run which Austin Dillon hasn't despite all the stats you rattled off. So, uh, that's why I would say Ryan Newman maybe is a wild card just because he's been know. able to sneak around for so long.
0: I'm taking, Newman. I'm know?
2: taking Almarola
1: over Newman any day.
2: Oh, I would agree with that. I was just, you know making a case for Newman, but I would agree that Almarola definitely is more championship caliber right now.
1: I've seen Almarola. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's I agree with what you're saying the consistency part. Mhm. I'm just – I don't know. I think that – I just got a weird thing about Newman. I think he's a little overhyped. People talk about his driving style. I think he's just an asshole.
2: I remember more as the Rocket Man, you know, the guy went oh, in the right, polls. That's yeah. how I remember him, so I see that Newman. Right. I remember that too.
1: Yeah, it's just – I don't know. He's overhyped. I agree. All right, well, whatever apartment is above me is cooking dinner, and it's making me starving. So um, I'm going to call this a wrap for this episode. I think this is pretty good considering we went into this with nothing. We were like, what are we going to talk about?
2: Especially with the technical difficulties.
1: Oh my God. Yeah, because we're going to edit all that out, but the audience has no idea how much we've had to deal with in this episode. So if this episode is complete shit, blame it on Skype. I mean, I know the quality is going to be complete shit, so you can definitely blame that on Skype, but me and Trey here are trying to figure out a better solution uh, for my podcast now that I need a new software. We're going to figure it out. Right, Trey?
2: Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get something going. There, there's many podcasts are out there. Like I told you earlier, there's got to be some other way to record it than Skype because Skype obviously is absolutely horseshit. I know. And
1: my, my other software just is completely – it's gone. I can't use it anymore. So we're going to figure something out. So I apologize for the terrible audio quality, uh, but at least we got on here and we got to just talk. And like I said, go over to Burnt Rubber Racing Network on YouTube. Uh, I'm posting a video there. Trey's been posting, you know, not enough there because I've been getting on his ass about that. But –
2: Yeah, I got you. (laughs) We're
1: posting a lot on there. Um, No, it's a lot of fun content over there because you get the visual also. Shorter clips, stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. Everybody go check that out. And Trey, thanks for coming on. Hey, no problem, man. Like I said, anytime you want me on here,
2: I will do it. I'm not gonna be your best
1: guest, but it's someone so you ain't gotta talk to yourself. It's okay. Okay, because I'm not the best host.
0: <laughs>
1: so, uh, thanks everybody
0: for listening and we'll see you again next week. Peace. It was straight shot.